Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, a year-end special edition. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And we join you from a pub. We are at the Woodsman in Stratford-upon-Avon, which gives you the gentle background susurrations of a genuine pub, because everybody liked it about two years ago when I recorded from Pogger in sunny Oslo. But anyway, we have a bunch of guests with us this time. We have from... Lexus and Toyota, we have Erica Haddon. Hello. Uh, we have Scott Brownlee. Hello. <laughs> yes. We have Ian Robertson from Diesel Car and Eco Car. Hello. Uh, we have Simon Branny from Honda. Hello. <laughs> that, was that butch enough? That was, that was pretty, again. yeah. Uh, Get the right so level of money. Right. <laughs> That's not convincing, is it? We have Phil Huff. Um, <laughs> it's great because we've started off on the tone that we're going to continue. Absolutely perfect. And last but not least, from Caliber Magazine and Front Seat Driver and everywhere from Motoring's Phil Huff. Hello. Is that all you're going to say? That's, That's it. Yeah, that I mean, um, yeah, that'll do. Decidedly below average. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> After Scott's performance, that's the best you Hello. can come up with. Hello. <laughs> so the plan this Hello. evening is to go through uh, and have a little bit of a look at some of our predictions from last year. Take a look at the highlights and lowlights of 2019 and to look at our predictions for 2020. So, Andrew, shall we start with the first of last year's predictions. Yeah, we'll go through yours first. Okay. Because I'm going to read them out. <laughs> and we'll start with your positive, which was the new defender will not be rubbish. Is that a win for me? No. No. Oh, that's controversial. I Ooh. think generally the reception has been quite positive. But the farmers are going to hate it. But it's not aimed at the farmers. Who, who else is going to buy it? The lifestyle is... The people who don't want the people discovery. Who, <laughs> people who live in Chelsea. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, the farmer's gone for you know, 50 grand starting price anyway. Well, well they can. Yes, they can. Might have to sell a couple of cows, but... All those EU subsidies would be easy. We're not in the EU anymore. That's no, we still are. At the, at the we time of recording, we still are. We're just going out. Hanging on by our fingernails. <laughs> it's <laughs> the B word. Yes. Already. Yeah. And so, not Boris. No, not that one. No, that one. Goodness, no, not that one. So, new defender will not be rubbish. Generally, is that a win for me or not? I think so. I was very impressed how quickly they had a Lego model of it. So yes. I don't know if that's an index about the thing. That's a total win. In fact, we saw a Lego model before we saw the well, car. So, uh, a PR it, it leaked. Definitely. <laughs> so I think from the PR point of view, they did well. Yeah, I yes, I'll agree with that. Begrudgingly, I will give that myself. I don't want to give him anything. I've got to take points off the stick-on panel on the rear windows. That just makes the three-door ridiculous. It does. But you don't have to have it. I know all the press no, but everybody have it, will. you don't have to. They'll all think it looks cool and then order it and then realise the error of their ways once they've had it delivered. Well, the secret's not to sit in the back, really, isn't it? Fair point, I wouldn't see it. Definitely in a 90. No. Okay. Yeah. It isn't the next one. Surely it's in metric by now. <laughs> <laughs> right, Alan's negative. Centimeters is a Lego version. 
Alan's negative. We will still be discussing Nissan, Renault, and Gone in July. If only that were true, that it stopped, in July. stopped in July. I'd say, I mean, that was true. We were still discussing it in July. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I think the idea, though, was it would finish between now and then. <laughs> no. I honestly thought it was going to peter out quite quickly, but it really hasn't. It's still... I think, I think you get a point for that one. I think, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Has anybody made a Netflix series of it yet? Though? No, but there's got to be. In, I think they would be in discussions if they were actually allowed to meet with anyone. Okay, because that, 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 you're definitely you're not really done anything significant unless somebody makes a biopic. So it's true. Yeah. Is anyone keeping score? Do you need to get a pen and keep score? Well, no, I'm definitely keeping score. Oh, okay, okay, right, okay. Yeah. So Alan will win. Yes. But, <laughs> handy that. The silly one. And this is treble points. The Geneva Ooh. Motor Show will ban 1,000 horsepower cars. Uh, sadly not no well it was worth a try wasn't it <laughs> it was and your wild card Elon Musk will still be predicting summon mode and will still be waiting for it now this uh, th- no this one's controversial this one is controversial oh, because on, it's still only in beta and it still doesn't work and it still doesn't work yes but it's and there the it's being be used by people <laughs> the general members of the public so it is available. available yeah but but there's no, no, no but to that. But beta isn't real, though. <laughs> <laughs> He's not predicting it anymore. He's saying it's real. I, I I've lost that, haven't I? I get fines for the Dartford Crossing, and that service is in alpha. <laughs> yes, well, that's true. <laughs> no, I haven't got that one, have I? No. 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 Oh, well. Never mind. Right. Mr. Clues, your turn. You're positive, because he actually managed to come up with a positive is we will still have a healthy car industry by the end of 2019. Yeah? Well, it depends what you mean by healthy. I I don't feel it's as healthy as I hoped it would be, personally. Are you going to start talking SMT figures again? <laughs> not in detail. Oh, okay. He doesn't have coloured pencils. <laughs> no, I've coloured not brought pencils? There's a whole spreadsheet I have to put up with every month. <laughs> you don't have to. I think we're doing... We're, we're quite healthy I think, I think well yeah, I think Bucking the industry the I think, some people are up some people are down some people have got a lot of diesels that they'd quite like to find customers for uh, <laughs> even at the time of speaking uh, none of them are in the room I suppose so I think December the 31st will bring about an interesting uh, summation to the numbers um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think it's not been bad I mean I, given predictions if we borrow some of the pre-Brexit stuff about you know, it was all what walking around having to club animals to death and not have running water. And so the economy was going to be that bad. The fact that I think sales are only down single-digit percentage, I think. Um, it's like the market three, isn't it? Yeah, yes. so, so it's, it's not... Yeah, I think there's some high-street retailers would love to have that as, as a situation. That's true. That's true. Comparing it to other industries, comparing the car industry to other industries, then it is really pretty healthy. Okay. On relative terms. Am I giving you that? I'll one? take a point. No, I don't no, 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 I think he deserves the point there. Because he's going to need them. <laughs> oh, yeah, I really am. <laughs> so that was the positive. You've mixed your runners up in here. Do I, Am I going to go through these ones as well? Oh, you can do if you want to. There's no points for the runners up, though. No. It's just looking to embarrass you, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair enough. Are there rules for these points? Sorry? Are the rules for yes, points? Yeah. Ah, okay. Alan has the pencil, so he marks the scores, therefore he wins. That's how it works. It's all right, I'm overseeing it. Yeah. Ah. Okay, I have a 
adjudicating. Adjudicating, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you put in a... Yeah, obviously. The corner is over here, you see. Uh, so your runner-up positive one was fun is seen as a positive. And more cars have it. We'll continue to get new and interesting car content from TV, YouTube, websites, magazines, podcasts, etc. Alan and I go on another road trip. That didn't happen. Fail. Very sad. That did not happen. Not happen. even close. I don't know what happened to, to this year. It went. Anyone else. It's just gone. It's <laughs> just like all of a sudden, it's like almost December as we record this. And yeah, don't know where it went. Great. Andrew, you're negative. London will announce a ban of pre-September 2018 diesels. I typed originally Bristol and all <laughs> correct. <laughs> correct. <laughs> I can believe a lot from autocorrect, but I, I don't You've think... You've seen my typing. London to Bristol is particularly... But Bristol's honest. decision is still going to be ratified by the UK government. It does. It's yeah. contrary yeah, exactly. to... Uh, policy at the moment, so whether it goes to or not... We'll I mean, there's, yeah, a, yeah. there's policy at the moment? Well... Is just, just generally, I mean. <laughs> but no, it's well we have leadership is, is another thing. Yeah, yeah, there's no, there's yeah, there's a that, there's a long way to go on the Bristol thing. Yeah. A huge way to go. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The thing though is that the there's lots of cities and regions who I mean we talk to these guys quite a lot, and you'd be astonished about how little they know and understand yes. about what really how a car really works or which cars are good or bad to use that description. And so I, the possibility of slightly mad pronouncements from various cities is pretty high. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and the chances of it, you know, you, be, you, you will not be able to drive around Britain and just go where you want if you're in certain cars. That's a really significant difference. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the ULEZ in London itself is, I don't know, I've noticed a change in what vehicles you see in London over the last few months. Well, there was a news item we covered recently with Richard on the show, and it was talking about how uh, a lot of modern classics are struggling to sell mm -hmm. if the owner, if the prospective buyer lives in London or is going to go into London, and adverts are actively going, "Oh, this is ULEZ compliant" and things like that, and that's yes. in a modern classic. So it's it's having a big knock-on effect already, and, that, and that's before you have a motorbike, which they seem to be banning virtually every type of motorbike just randomly. But even then, it's it's weird the cars which are okay in the ULEZ and which ones are bad. Because mm. I mean, we were chatting earlier on, and I said that I had almost bought a Mark One Prius a few months ago, and it actually would would have I would have had to pay the ULEZ to take it into London. Yes. Yeah, my 2001 Saab is fine. Yeah, your what is it? 30, 16 miles per gallon. If I'm lucky on a good yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> so would yeah. just fine. Just and the really same weird. the same thing with the Bristol ban is that the most modern diesel engine that uh, is the cleanest like a Volkswagen Passat TDI Evo would be banned from driving through Bristol. But a Euro one nineteen seventies Ford Escort that's running really badly would still be able to ca carry on through. Yeah. Mm. So it's uh, yeah. a bit of a worry really. Nutty setup. Nutty setup. Right, you're runner up negative to come move on from the the doom and gloom for the moment new car registration figures will plummet and Ellesmere port is doomed well i'm glad well, i'm wrong well actually thankfully I'm wrong i'm glad i'm wrong on both those i mean the registration figures might not plummet but sales could exactly <laughs> which is <laughs> totally different <laughs> <laughs> but we don't know what those figures are as a manufacturer i don't know what you mean no, <laughs> no, i don't know what you're talking about there but if I, you... I bought a new car last year and they had uh, a demo car available with 30 miles on 
which I bought. I asked how many demo cars they had, and they had 30 of them. Wow. <laughs> but you can tell generally, if you look at the SMT figures going through the whole of the month, you can see how many manufacturers are registering huge numbers of cars at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were, there was a couple of months ago, there was a sudden spike because it was mentioned on Motor Trade, I think, podcast. I think so. There was a spike in the last three days of one month. Yes. And you say, like, oh, come on. Be a bit more subtle than that if you can, uh, if you can do that. Come on. At least try and spread it out at the end of weeks or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <sighs> nothing like a deadline to focus the mind. <laughs> <laughs> and the targets. Yeah. Well, Elvenport, thankfully, isn't doomed at the moment. At the moment. No. At the moment. It's okay. At Although the it's threatened by PSI if Brexit, no deal. Which um, is exactly yes. Which is how it really should yeah. be. Yeah. I mean, once Astra production finishes, is the next Astra really going to be there? Well, I, I think Tavares is trying to yeah. move it in line where we build the car. The cars are built where the customers are. So it could potentially be right hand drive hub for Astra, 308, C4 and any other number of brands that will be part of the PSA group <laughs> once, it's, uh, once the FCA and PSA merger happen. It's just, just going to be PSA from now on, isn't it? But, but, but the Luton van That's factory is the same, though, isn't it? Because it builds the right-hand drive versions of, of a number of vehicles. The, for the Peugeot, Citroën... Not a, not a or not your, that was kind of where I was. Yeah, I no, wasn't sure whether to ask that or not. To be I honest, think, yeah, no, you can ask. I think the the challenge with some of these places, not to be sort of you know political to about it too much, is that there's, a, there's an attitude you take when you're trying to keep a plant open, uh, and you do what you can, and there's an attitude which says. Should we really keep this open, or what's the best from a global point of view? I don't know what they'll be thinking, but yes, Brexit, deals, no deals, sales in Britain, all that sort of stuff are a big factor in these equations. But fundamentally, when you're making a decision, is do you need the plant? And if you've just bought up half the car companies in the world, um, that's a different answer to if you if it's the only plant, the only plant you have that makes that vehicle. So, plant decisions are. Definitely not short term, mm-hmm. um, and that, that, you know, God help the folk have to do it because they're, they're really trying to guess what's going to be happening for at least the next ten years, if not the next thirty. Uh, and you know, who'd, who'd like to? You know, bad enough trying to guess what happened in the next year, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I think it depends on the attitude of the company. Do they want to have that plant? Then yes. they, they will find a way to keep it going. Yeah, and especially yeah. with vans, when you've got a longer um, life per vehicle than you have with normal cars. As you normally get a six-year model life with vans, you're probably looking looking more like ten years. Mm-hmm. Moving on from the, the, the tougher topics, Andrew, your silly one was that designers reverse the trend of small rear passenger windows as many high-profile road testers vomit whilst in the rear seats. <laughs> High, high-profile road testers don't go in the rear seats. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's why it's, that's part of the reason it's silly. In fact, as we've learned recently, some of them barely drive in the front seats. But <laughs> Just enough to review it. <laughs> From the passenger seat. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm not even close on that. As we look no. at lots of new models being revealed that have smaller and smaller rear passenger windows. 
but how many of them have you sat in the back of? I have children. They do the sitting for me. All right. And they're throwing up. Fortunately not. I am primed with many special mitigating <laughs> things that prevent such accidents. Not what plastic bags. Have you got that prevents such special bags. vomit bags, yeah. You're right. Bags for life, 10p. Yeah. No, no, no. no, 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 no just leave that for the voice of experience. That's why I got hooks that you can hook them over the ears. Like a nose bag for a while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then Jaguar Land Rover have now got uh, cameras on their rear view mirror, so you don't need rear windows at all. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's not just JLR that does that. No. Who else does it? Well, we're doing it as well. Are you? Here we are. Yeah. Oh, what car? Oh. Well, funny you should ask that. Product plug. So let me tell you about this car. <laughs> the Honda E. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Somebody else did it before JLR, though. Audi have gone. Audi, 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 yeah. Audi, yeah. Uh, Audi's got them, but their screens are oh, yeah, the They're awful. Also, you have to pay extra for theirs, as yeah. the standard. Uh-huh. Yeah. Still something else Hyundai Nexo has it, but it does, does. it's not really a review your, your mirror. It's just, it shows your blind spot whenever you're changing lanes, and it appears in the middle of your instrument vehicle. So you're yeah. looking there, and it's down here. It's yeah, really good. I did it's just not where you But that's, that's, I drove that's door mirrors rather than the rear view mirror. Yeah. yeah, I drove that one of that similar system with a Kia K900 or something in Seoul, and that was just, mm-hmm. you'd look in your mirror and then you'd see the car flash up in the central console, and it was just bizarre. Mm-hmm. Nothing made sense at all. I've driven a RAV4 with that, with the rear view mirror system. You have? Yes. That's who I was thinking of. He <laughs> did it before JLR. Well, to be fair, it's probably, it's probably a supplier who makes it and sells it to us well, all, yeah. let's be honest. But it's not in the UK, though. Uh, no, because of cost, really. It's, you know, that's the answer for that. For the I, one the RAV. Yeah. At least it's like a lot, all this stuff, stuff you take for granted. At first, people think, why do I want that? My great one is central. I'm old enough to remember cars without central locking, and people would say, why, why would I want to pay extra for that? What use is that? <laughs> now, imagine a car without central locking. <laughs> I had a Renault Twizy recently, and I was disappointed that it wasn't keyless entry. That's a good doors, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> now I've just got uh, images of you dukes of hazard sliders. <laughs> I used to do that on my Lexus. I was going to say, oh, don't pander to his fans. <laughs> Let's go to the next question. <laughs> 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 This is why Eric is here, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's the You had a runner-up silly one, which was that, A, you finally re- release the Autonomous Vehicle Special Edition. <laughs> uh, that's been going since about week three of Motoring Podcast. Yes. And that Lotus bans future Special Edition models. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> you had a wild card as well, which is that... Formula E popularity grows massively due to a lack of car swapping and increased media coverage. Depending, yeah, depending on your your age group. Yeah, really. The, those, yeah. those grandstands in Saudi Arabia did not look full of anybody <laughs> of any age. No, no. I've heard I've heard a lot about that. That the organisers have already come out and said they got it really wrong this year with that. By they, having fun. By having. <laughs> <laughs> There, there is a whole conversation to be had about that, certainly. <laughs> but no, they they I literally they bundled, they bundled the ticket 
with the concert that was at night. And during the day, there was about 16,000 at night. There was over 30,000 people. So most people turned, bought the tickets for the concert when they thought, oh, look, we've sold this out. So they didn't realise they created their own problem. Who was there for the concert? Were they any good? I have no idea. No. I, no idea. I completely missed that the first race has just gone. Mm. Yes. I had no idea it was on until I suddenly saw something about the results. Yeah. The scheduling is a little bit strange. And the promotion. The promotion. Everything. Is, the start of the seasons are, is, seems to be like this every time. Yeah. It's yes. Kind of it's always in November. In, and it's been like that since season one. Yes. The very first race in China, it was, it was pretty similar. Well, it wasn't similar. It was, it was worse, to be honest. But yeah, the start of the season seems to futter in. And then, I said futter, by the way. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then there's a gap. And then it seems to kind of pick up a bit. And then just when you think, yeah, we're really getting to it, there's another gap. Um, which is all a bit weird sometimes. I, I still, I love Formula E. I do enjoy it. I've been to, I was there at the very first public testing day in Donington. I went to each of the London ones. But sometimes you just think, can you not just try and be consistent? Yeah. Because that's, that loses a lot of the momentum uh, in people's minds. So if you're a fan, and I've not met one before, genuinely, <laughs> it's like because you don't mix with people. Yeah, it's a big fear. That's a brilliant strategy. I might employ that with PR. Journalists, nah. Your budget left over. I can buy all this money. I can give you a company you can move to and do that anyway. No one knows it. My semi-serious question. As a fan of Formula E, which I'm obviously not, the biggest criticism I f- people have of it is the lack of sound. So that the excitement of a racing car, through from the beginnings of racing cars, has been the speed and the sound. Yeah. How? how and you're, you know, you're a bit of a petrol head. So how yeah. do you how do you overcome that? The thing is that because I've been and I've seen in real life, and I've I've been there as everything has clattered its way off the curb, and you can hear the squealing noise and, and the noises of the engine and the acceleration and deceleration and all the regen and all that kind of stuff it really is quite a lot of noise mm. you watch it on television you don't get any of that but, so, but i would also say that with other motorsport the tally does mute the sound as well a lot it does i mean you you guys go to the btcc and that is obviously massively louder than it ever comes across on the telly. Mm. The racing's different, obviously, so it's a different impact and, and that. But the, the sound in normal motorsport is muted as well. Mm. I think because it's a completely different type of sound as well, that's quite a barrier for people. Mm. Yeah. I think, I think it's one of those... I, I think it's muted when you see it on TV. And I think that it's... And I think Andrew's right. Ooh. It is a different sound, but mostly that it, is, that it is muted on TV. You just, when you're there and you see it, there is lots and lots of noise. They still make lots of race car noise. It's just a different race car noise. I, I look forward to being convinced. Okay. <laughs> You'll have to take him to London. Yeah, I need to take myself to London first, but yeah. I think one of the acid tests is a single racing car, a normally aspirated racing car, running and testing or just starting up in the paddock at Goodwood. Has a crowd gathered round. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It is almost impossible to imagine that happening with a Formula E car. I will concede that there is no start-up sound with a Formula E car. Yeah. Obviously. Mm-hmm. And, and that's it. But yeah. 
Possibly not even with that noise. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's when they're racing, it's it is quite something. Because originally they were going to have. Sorry, I'm going on about Formula E now. But originally there was somebody gonna, has to. They were well, exactly. It's a public service, you know. Originally they were they were actually going to have an EJ who played music. Yeah, in the first year, in the first season, there was an EJ, and he played music to try and cover Eddie Jordan. <laughs> Thankfully not. No, was, it was like a bloke with sort of uh, a, a sort of uh, Apex Twin style style helmet thing, and he was like at a desk, and he was. He's going to try and he's going to, try to, try to interpret the sound. All, he pressed play on an MP3. or something. Essentially, <laughs> that's what he did. Yes, and he uh, and and so the idea was they played. <laughs> I'm just going to keep on going. Sod it. Uh, and, with a beat. But you want to see the beat to try to, yeah. that, that we're going to use to try and raise the, the, the excitement, the excitement and, missing from the sport and, and adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what the idea they rejected was. It just didn't work. It just it just it was nonsensical. It just didn't work. I'm dumbfounded. However, if you're doing the PR for Formula E, please do send in some free tickets to the podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, I mean, Scott, with, with Lexus obviously now coming up with the electric car, is there a danger that you might enter Formula E by accident? <laughs> <laughs> I think if I would do, we don't do anything by accident, but <laughs> it's all on purpose. Yeah, yeah. spear fronting their PR campaign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Things you live to regret. Yeah. It's all right. It's not as if you're recording any of this. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm near the end of my career anyway. <laughs> it's all we all are now. <laughs> Andrew, go for it. Okay, my low light for the year is the oversimplification of the issues that there are around cars, such as emissions, congestion, that sort of thing. Uh, This has resulted in ill-thought-out actions by regulators and legislation. Obviously, this change needs to happen, but it's being made out as though there is a simple solution to what is not a simple problem. That's been my low light, anyway. Really? You've not left much for me there, have you? (laughs) <laughs> That's not my fault. <laughs> Roll the mood down. It has. It That's really what has. I'm going to finish on. It stopped me in it. It stopped me in my tracks for certain. Now, I'm 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 really sick of the anti-car narrative that is in the mainstream press in particular. It's screaming as though all cars are bad, all cars are evil. If you're a driver, you're you're the problem, and it's not. It's not helping anybody. It's not looking at the, the problem at any depth or any way to come up with a solution where we can carry on our lives or improve our lives with any sensible solution. So the, the, the Bristol, we will ban diesel cars, is, is almost insane as a decision that is looking at level one of a problem and going, ah, emissions from diesels are bad, Therefore, we will ban all diesels and ignoring what the consequences potentially are of that. But as buyers, we're not helping ourselves either. It is everything is far too oversimplified. And at the time when the environment is a big issue, we're all buying SUVs that are getting less economical and more polluting than they used to be. And of course, uh, yes and no. no. Yes no, and no. I think the modern ones on. are better than because yeah, a lot have gone up. 
No, but a lot of the figures from that, because there's Average also the one emissions. about uh, accidents as well. That's that's from vehicles back in 1998 to 2008. And car, if you're buying a modern one, it's obviously things have moved on from crash protection, from the way engines yeah. now emit and stuff like that. They're, they're looking at old data. The counter-argument, of course, to that, Andrew, is that there are still old cars on the road. Yeah, absolutely. But they are... But to lump... You see, the problem is with... A problem is lumping all of the SUVs in that, and not all the SUVs are necessarily... It's as... also lumping all diesels together. Yeah. And, you know, you've yeah. got, you know, Euro 2 through to Euro 6, and, you know, with the Euro 6 coming, it's... Hell of a lot more. But even within Euro 6, you've got Euro 6, you've got Euro 6B, C, D, Temp, D, and so on in the future. I can't Uh, imagine why people find it complex. Yeah, and of course the other complication, which is WLTP coming, which is going to put the emissions up even more when it's calculated using the new guidance from April next year. Because someone would have just be more accurate. That would be, so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the emissions won't go up, just the official figures, the figures will go up. up. That's right, yeah. But I think we've, we're in a period of change here where perhaps some of the manufacturers are kind of getting their house in order now in readiness for when the WLTP figures go live. So it doesn't quite look as though it's a big jump as perhaps it might have been. Um, because look at some of the smaller cars some of the city cars where they've been quoting CO2 figures of 95, 99 grams from a one litre car. Well, when the WLTP figures come in, they're 125, 130, 135 because they haven't been optimised for WLTP. And we'll scratch you see them decrease again and they'll probably be a lot more unrealistic compared to what they (laughs) should be. And it goes in the vicious circle. Well, the thing with that is, of course, no matter what people do around legislation, what they do around testing cycles, people are always going to try and optimise for the testing cycle, because when you're an engineer that's what you do. Yeah. And I think to pick up on Andrew's point, it's the complication of it all, not just and for just consumers, but also for those town and city councils. It is an extremely complicated thing. Uh, and of course they've got the pressure that they're facing fines or whatever for mm-hmm. citywide, so they've got to take action. And I think most things in our modern life are kind of carrot and stick, aren't they? We sort of there's a there's a bit of an incentive to move in a direction and a bit of a disincentive the other way. And I think what's happening at the minute is it's that that's out of balance rather than being slight movements that are encouraging people to there's these sort of knee jerk reactions as some of these targets have got to be hit. But I don't think the industry's helped itself either because you know, people you know, it's the thing people want to do, the, the make of the engine is the third thing somebody worries about, isn't it? You know, it's the make, the model, maybe the engine. Nobody walk, wakes up in the morning and says, oh, I want a petrol car. So when you then start complicating that with all of that sort of stuff that you've just outlined and even more, it's no wonder that people say, I don't really know what I want, what's, what's the right thing for me to do? Uh, and there's no real clear, consistent advice for that. So, I, I mean, we've just spent some time... I think it's still not published, trying to go through a kind of classification of everything from a regular petrol car, regular diesel, mild hybrid, full hybrid, plug-in hybrid, EV. Already with those categories, there's six yeah. or seven categorizations there. Within those categorizations, there's another four or five subsets of those ones. No wonder people just throw their hands up in horror and say, I don't know what the right thing to do is. Will it get better? I think it will, because I think, actually, as everybody kind of gets to the same page, 
as you're right, is if we work out old models, old technologies, old engines, then it'll actually become a bit simpler. In the short term, I think we're just stuck with this kind of confused mess, to be honest. Yeah. I think, though, you, to an extent, I'm going to be, it's going to be a wild statement here, but to a certain extent, the government in the past has been the voice of reason that will clarify <laughs> some, <laughs> <laughs> some <laughs> we'll, we'll try and tone down some of the what's going on around it. And because the government is so concentrated on the B word right now, they're not getting involved in anything. So the diesel situation's got way, way, way out of hand because nobody within government is actually saying, hang on a minute. Euro 6 diesels, you're okay with those. Perhaps Euro 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, you maybe need to think about changing your car. In the same way that you probably should be thinking about changing your Euro 1, 2, 3, 4 petrol car. But there's no one actually sitting there saying to the consumers, this is what you need to do. It's all left to the newspapers, it's left to to the uh, climate change people. And understandably, they're trying to hit headlines and make it as dramatic as possible because that's the only way they can get their message across. There's no voice of reason saying, calm down a minute, let's put this in perspective, which the government, in theory, should be doing. Mm. But maybe once the B word is out of the way, then things might change. We can dream Boris. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's not helping. (laughs) Breakfast at this rate. To continue the theme, though, I think with electric cars, even when you start to look at that, so it's not just about do you want an electric car, it's about you know, what what kilowatt has it got, what range has it got, what power. So it's not even a simple, I want no. an electric car. And I don't think we've developed a currency yet. You know, we probably all, looking around, we all grew up with being able to look at a bootleg and go, I know that that car's faster than that one because of the number on the back. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. Um, there, isn't, there isn't anything like that at the minute, and that. We need something that says, yeah. this is bigger, better, slower, cleaner. There's that easy grading system that you can stick on a bootlid. I don't think we're anywhere near that yet. And then you've got Audi, who introduced a new naming policy last year that's, in a way, 1.6 TDI. You know he's lowering on a 2-litre TDI. But now you've got 35, 40, 45, 50. Who knows what that means? Bigger's better. Audi knows what that means. Andrew. Highlight. Finally, please. Vauxhall were profitable again, finally. It's amazing. Hooray. Yes. yes. That's that, because they were... doing the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing what you can achieve when you haven't got any uh, development costs in the figures, isn't it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but it, it was a, a nice, positive thing to say about Vauxhall and it's been so long yes. since we've had a chance to say anything positive about Vauxhall it's always been they're under threat they're under threat they're under threat and our Ian's had a very positive news from Vauxhall over the last couple of days <laughs> just beat me to it the yeah. mocker's been killed off yes <laughs> <laughs> I will cheer that and we've on got as well. a year to wait for the new one <laughs> there's going to be a new one okay. oh, well. these things happen huh <laughs> <laughs> probably very popular with its customers motability <laughs> Well, when we cancelled again, I'm very old. When we can't, the same year we cancelled the MR2, Celica, Supra, Previa, and Yaris. Uh, Verso. 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 The biggest complaints we got was from the Yaris Verso customers. Well, I'm going to take a drink because <laughs> somebody mentioned the Toyota Yaris. There's a market for anything. <laughs> I could see Mr. Clues vibrating at the fact that he was desperate to make a gag about that. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can insert it later. Yeah. <laughs> Edit yeah. it in. It's fine. What is your low light of this year, Alan? Please e- share. Everybody in flaming autonomous flaming vehicles which still don't flaming exist and we still have to listen to it as if they do exist and I understand that I am channeling the spirit of Andrew in this one but it's really getting on my bits quick uh, I think it's changed this year though because that narrative has moved to the UK we have absolute nonsense coming out of UK based companies saying, oh, we've got AI doing this, that, and the other, and we're going to be driving, driving this, blah, 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 blah. And they're not. They're not at all. There's people sat in the driver's seat, for starters, to stop saying it's driverless, because it's not really is. He is actually gritting his teeth. There's so much garbage that we had to put up with that was based in America for the last couple of years, and it's just like the PR has lifted and been dropped in Britain. And it's very tedious to anyone who has remotely followed any of this. And please stop it. That was a public service announcement on behalf of. Do you think we'll have driverless cars in your lifetime? No. In your children's lifetime? No. no well, sorry, let me, I'll have to quantify that. Do you think we'll have cars? I don't know. As in a level five will be able to go anywhere in any conditions? No. In certain specific areas dedicated where there is no other human being apart from in the vehicle, probably. Well, like, autonomous cars can't deal with kangaroos for a start, so Australia's buggered. Well, they can't deal with a sign that somebody's put a couple of stickers on. So, Google's <laughs> and gone. Yet, Google's and yet there was gone. an announcement a few weeks ago saying that we'll have no road signs by about 2030. Yeah. So how's that going to work? Well, Google's car can't differentiate between a red balloon and a stoplight. Oh, interesting. Well, and you think the number of times I've clicked on the sodding stoplights <laughs> and the captures. I mean, I was going to wander around with a red balloon. <laughs> just to just to offer some counterbalance. <laughs> <laughs> if I may. Um, uh, I hasten to add it's not company policy. Uh, but it has been pointed out that all an autonomous car has to be is better than an average driver. And you, That's not going to be hard. Exactly. And suddenly, overall, you reduce road casualties. Yes. So if your objective is to reduce overall road casualties and you can make them better than an average driver, you would do it. What, 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 Phil, what, could you just restrain him? <laughs> well, it's, it's very difficult. To see that Sport. these things have to be perfect and flawless is perhaps an impossible task. to me. But if you sat down and said, I mean, I don't know what the road deaths are in... Let's make up a number. See, it's 20,000 a year. But 1,800. Is it? Well, yeah. 18, well even if it's 1,800. So 1,800 people died. If you said, I've got this thing, it's not perfect, but it'll cut it to less than 1,000 a year, should we do it? Yeah. You're going to be really difficult to go no. Because you're telling 800, 900 people, you died because we don't, this thing isn't perfect. Okay. Counter uh, <laughs> counterpoint. Yeah. Uh, the software that is being proposed by most companies cannot guarantee or indeed understand if they will be safe at all, let alone to equivalent of an average human. Because if you use AI, you cannot investigate the software and understand why it made the decision it did, let alone if in the same circumstances it will make the same decision again. So I would question why, why would we want to swap one unknown, which is the human, for another unknown, and the two be mixed together as well. So we've got 
a couple of unknowns together. Well, it's uh, something that, I, that you know, if you're, you're a politician who says, I'm not allowing this through, and then the very next week you've got the weeping mother of the child who was run over who says, my child would still be here if you'd passed this and allowed this cars to be run. Really, really difficult question. For you, you can you can also argue though that if we ploughed a fraction of the money that's going into driverless car technology, into improving training, retraining, and monitoring of people's standards, that would raise it up as well at a lot less cost. Yeah, but people have to want to be retrained, and people have to. Well, they could make that legislation. Yeah, but, yeah, okay. But you said as someone, you're a crap driver. How's that going to go down? Well. Most, most jobs, to continue doing your job uh, or profession, you have to retrain. Yeah. You, you can't continue, you don't go, I've done uni, that's it, I can, I carry on, you know, if you're a lawyer, architect, um, uh, accountant, they have to do continuous training throughout their professional career. But we can get behind the wheel and never do any yeah. more training or not, yeah. not open yeah. the highway code ever again. Yeah. And all the stuff changes yeah. so much. And that that seems insane to me that we're allowed to go around in one, two, three-ton vehicles and potentially not know what the laws have changed to. Yeah, yeah no, I totally agree with that. And yeah. I think, you know, in terms of the highway code, most of it, in all honesty, is common sense. It's mm. not rocket science. But the amount of people out there who have no... I, I can't decide whether they either have no common sense, are insanely stupid or so self-obsessed that they can only think about themselves on the road mm. like you know, just a, a gen, you know a normal journey to work the worst place the two two places which are utterly horrific number one's on the motorway that's just awful I mean I'm gonna shame his name drop and he's gonna love it here but just read Tom Lynch's tweets when he comes into work mm. and just mm. ranting about the motorway and yes. the other thing as well for me is outside schools holy crap yeah. people are just incapable of driving outside of a school and that's the parents. Or parking. Yeah, or parking. Or parking outside <laughs> that, that's the parents as well. Trying to take their children to school, going, whoa, look at those dangerous drivers. You yeah. go, hang on, you're, you're, look where you are. You're, you're, you're parked on the zebra crossing. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to look at standards of driving, you think how poor the average driver is. Mm. Half of the drivers are worse. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty scary. I shouldn't be laughing at that. But again, it's, it's not a simple... They're trying to fix... Autonomous vehicles is trying to fix a, a complicated issue. Technically, it's a very complicated issue to just, you know, so we give ourselves a bit of a pat on the back that the fact that we can generally drive without crashing or without killing anyone and all this, so it's a massive pat on the back because we are doing a, a, such a complicated set of computations all the time behind the wheel constantly particularly if you're paying attention. Oh, <laughs> the, we are. The, yeah, yeah, it, it's right. amazing because otherwise this would have been solved by now. And a lot of the road deaths aren't anything to do with bad driving, but a lot are actually through drink driving, um, which, of course, no amount of retraining and stuff mm -hmm. will resolve that issue. Autonomous cars, of course, could, because you have as many drinks as you like and get in one of those. And a lot of can deaths... You, so can you actually have as many... I don't know about, about legality, but, you know, I mean, I'm just... <laughs> Let's not let the you know, that stand in the, the way. The law is a minor detail in all this. As, you, as you've just touched on the subject of drink driving, of course, the EU have just mandated that in two years' time, a breathalyzer needs to be fitted to every mm. brand no, new no, car. No, 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 they, they haven't. haven't. No, they haven't. What they said, it must be easier to fit 
a breathalyzer to each other. Really? Red yeah. stuff, yeah. It's not a actually fit of, one. It's not I actually fit one. It's, it must be easier to fit one. So it to allow someone who gets done for drink driving, that could potentially be part of their punishment is they have to breathe. Right, okay. Before they can drive, they have to breathe into a machine, then the car says, yes, we will start up or not. That's not how I read it, but yeah. Oh, that's better than... No, because I, I read it and thought, oh, that seems... A, but even, you know, even by the... By the levels of these things, that seems a bit much now. Rent up and swat it up a bit more, and it's no, it's 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 got to be easier to fit. It's it's not that it has to be fitted. You try breathalyzing motoring journalists; they hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never blown anything more than a zero. Oh my god! It's your mic. I'm take a drink now. I'll tell you. Yeah. So your your high, your highlight. Alan. Do you know what I've really noticed in the last year, and I think some of you might throw stuff at me, but it's the the growth of EV charging infrastructure. There is, it's partly because I've had two EVs as, as postcards this year, I suppose. <laughs> but after the, when we did charging around Britain, about two years ago now, and I that think was much longer it seems longer. <laughs> it seems longer, but it was only two years. Then the daily struggle we had to find charger, rapid chargers in places that were going to be, that were going to work. Yeah. And then, and then I don't know if it's just practice on my part, but just how many more chargers there are and how much easier it is to actually use them now is one of the things that I really noticed over the past year. Well, I've just finished running a Nissan Leaf as a long-termer. Yes. And I did 10,000 miles or so in that. Yes. And in all that time, never had a single problem with any public charger. No. So, some things are either I'm really lucky or something's working. I think that we find some models are more fussy than others. But I also think that, that it, it, it depends on... It depends on which public charging... Public chargers are convenient and easy and local for you, and the ones that you just happen to use. Because there is at least one charging network which, quite frankly, you're as well ignoring. Electric Highway. Yes, they're the ones I use most and never really? have an issue. Honestly, so I've got but a home charger. Uh, I've got a home charger, charger, so I, I had filled up at home, of course. Yeah. So it was only when I was out on the motorways that I needed it. But of course, the Leaf Chadmo, and we were always using CCS with those. Mm. It's like VHS and Betamax, isn't it? It is a VHS yeah. and Betamax. As yeah. an example, I had an electric car a few weeks ago. Um, I live about 55 miles away from Heathrow. Uh-huh. When I left home, the, the vehicle had 160 miles worth of charge left. So I thought, yeah, I'll be able to get to Heathrow and back. No problem. Traffic was bad. Mm-hmm. I actually got to Heathrow with about uh, just on 50 miles yeah. Get home. And Heathrow is a desert when it comes to rapid charging. Well, yeah. There, there were actually a few. The, the biggest problem I had was because I haven't signed up to any particular scheme, I only have my debit card. So looking for a charger where you could use your debit cards, there were two at Heathrow, both of which weren't working. Yay. And there were three chargers on my way home, uh, all of which would, have, which would have meant a detour of more than five or ten miles. So if I then had the same yeah. problem where they weren't working, for instance, the one at St Albans was at a petrol station. Mm-hmm. There was a petrol car parked in there. Yeah. And I sat yeah. there and sat there and sat there and went in there and they said, oh, no, the car's broken down. It's being recovered tomorrow. 
So mm-hmm. that then took me another 10 miles worth of my charge. As it was, mm-hmm. I put... On the M25, I was driving at between 40 and 45 miles an hour, which is dangerous, mm. Yeah. in order to get home. And I got home with 0.7 of a mile left of charge. <laughs> Ooh, I, I mean, with that unnamed electric car, I also had experience with that unnamed electric car. And on one particularly bad evening, where it was minus six, the car had chilled down, my entire range from a full charge was 68 miles. Yes. <laughs> yes. So the, the one charger that was available to me, because the M1 was closed at that particular point with South Mems, if that hadn't been working, I actually had no other options. Now, but fortunately, it worked. I still said that the the limit for me is the ability to go to Heathrow and back by the by the second shortest route to a life of the M1 being now. Yeah, to be able to actually go up across the A1 and then up yeah. the line. But as a contrast for Phil's, mine was in summer, no cold weather, nothing at all. Yeah. It was purely down to traffic. Yeah, mine there was in conditions which so many as it gets warm. Yeah, there are still there are still so many variables. I'm not saying it's permanent. No. Absolutely not. Uh, I'm absolutely not. But I just, just yeah. And there's still great swathes which are blooming useless. Northampton. Well, don't go to Northampton anyway. But Northampton for a start is just. <laughs> Hello to all our Northampton listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Northampton is a Northampton. Okay, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what you were saying, I, I agree with you, because even in our grim northern town, we've now got three rapid charges have turned up in the last six months, and we've got another one going in at the supermarket, or a couple going in at the supermarket as well. And we're only a town of 50,000 people. Where do you live? In the grim north. Grim north. <laughs> well, it's all grim. Hold on, there, I'm from the north. Oh. It's closed. Really. <laughs> above the Watford Gap, oh, yeah. is this? Above Watford. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what North is. I love the way they talk about the North. I know. Yeah, barely got bloody stuff. I think there's a really interesting chart, and that's not often I see that, but that would plot the growth in sales of electric cars and the growth in charging infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Uh, because clearly one has to keep up with yes. the other. Yeah. Um, and I don't know because we haven't got an electric car at the minute. Uh, but I, I would we'll imagine we will do soon. I would imagine that uh, those two lines don't actually go up the chart at the same rate. Wasn't there some figure about something? Some huge, ridiculous number of charges would have to be yes inputted mm. every single day yes. in order to reach a thousand a, that is a thousand two thousand so yes like well, let's say about a million charges have to put in every day let's not exaggerate here but yeah i think it was about i know it was in the thousands yes whatever but they would need to be these charges would need to be inputted or what are installed installed, yeah. installed yeah, thank you i'm glad you're here uh installed uh Every day, in order to meet the government's targets of their, you know, their intention to ban the sale of combustion engines by 2040. Could it be that the targets are a bit ridiculous? Speaking as, as a manufacturer, I couldn't possibly comment. No, <laughs> but ambitious, then, I think, is the word. But then ambitious, yeah. ambitious, challenging. Ambitious. That's my favourite. <laughs> but then they're only planning on banning combustion engine cars on their own. So hybrids, mild hybrids, will still be okay, yeah. won't they? 
So, so double A battery on your Jaguar. Absolutely, yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> exactly, yeah. nine volts. That's, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. HP twos. Yeah, but isn't it even just from a simple? You're going to launch an electric car. Uh, and see you've got roughly 200 dealers. That's it. Uh, hypothetical number. Hypothetical yeah. number. <laughs> uh, you've got 199, haven't you? 199. <laughs> <laughs> you so would, we're you not would, talking there. You, you, just... you would expect them all to have a charging point for the yes, electric car. Yes, you would, yeah. So suddenly it's not just about you know, public charging points. There's a whole the, the demand for charging points going into dealers is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cost of those things is no. You know, they're not free. Mine uh, Well, <laughs> no, it wasn't. I think you paid everything for free. No, yeah. something <laughs> paid for all this one. No. <laughs> was, was it magic? No, no, it was actually, it was actually the government grant that paid for yeah, it. It yeah. wasn't a freebie. Yeah. But the grants covered the cost of it, so it was fine. Charge fair. So fundamentally, my taxes have paid for it if yeah. I paid tax. But uh, anyway, to stop your entire Twitter timeline being full of my EV friends, clearly... <laughs> Because they will. Hello, guys. They- <laughs> Again, not live. Not live. Yeah. <laughs> this panacea, you know, this kind of it's, it's a solution to whether it's inner city or whatever, whether it's electric, hydrogen, the whole thing. All of these things require massive investment, both for the product, but also for the infrastructure. Uh, and I think what we've seen so far, if I can oversimplify a, shall we say, enthusiastic EV owner, is that one or you know, a small number of EV cars is easy to do now for a small number of people it's possible to do that yeah. tomorrow whether it's possible to do that in the longer term for everybody is actually very questionable yes uh, the alternatives just take a great deal of time and i'm going back to what what you were saying about government the thing that's needed is a vision which extends out 10 20 years they set the targets that far but nobody's setting the infrastructure investment that far uh they kick it up the park yeah. This is a midway term. Somebody will come and look at it. Probably, you know, none of them will be in office at that point, and suddenly it'll be, oh, he was just tired, and we said we don't seem to have met it. So I, th- I think this is a story which is, if you're still doing this in 15 years' time, yep. the re- the big story will be how we've missed the target to have an infrastructure an infrastructure network to support the vehicles which are available. Well, I think you've hit the nail on the head. There is that. You know, whoever's in office, whoever's in government, whoever is in local government are only in for such a short period of time that they'll set the targets because that's what they're told, but they don't really care, they don't really think about it, they don't really want to understand what it involves because it's not going to affect them because no. they're not going to be there in that time. No, absolutely. It's not problem no. at that point, isn't yeah. it? We've done this, that's brilliant. I'll move on. Yeah, yeah. box. Yeah. To be, I think we've touched on it. I think there's also a tra- the complexity. We'd probably struggle to go through some of the technologies for these vehicles. Yeah. Actually, it's really difficult. If you're a town councillor who spends most of your time worrying about road planning and you know, normal running of town stuff, and you're suddenly expected to be an expert in the future of car fueling, uh, it's easy to see why they go, well, what's the answer? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm afraid the industry's bad because we different manufacturers will see different things somebody sitting listening to all of that says well the guy that was in yesterday told me yeah. answer E is the perfect one and the guy who's coming in tomorrow says answer C they're in a really difficult position about trying to yes. guess and judge which who is really telling the truth and sorry just as we all know you know the industry's got a bad name for telling porkies on these sort of things yeah. so it's difficult mm-hmm. they could have a look at Norway and see how there's Norway by the 
absolutely massive success of electrified vehicles. Yes, but Norway also have and have been able to invest an awful lot of money very, very quickly. Yeah. Well, that's because yeah, they, they don't put 300 million pounds a week into Brexit. No, sorry, into Europe. Yeah, that's how it is. No, it's because they make a whole load of money out of selling oil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, but to yeah. us. No. Yeah. Oh, don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. <laughs> I said like a true PR. Yeah. Who <laughs> knows it? So, folks, moving on to, to the main event, because it is almost tomorrow. Um, <laughs> be aware of that in a minute. Mm. Predictions for next year. Who is brave enough to go first? I'll do it. Yeah? <laughs> go on, Erica. Go on, then. I say that Tesla will not have delivered any one of its indestructible trucks. It's not due to go on sale until 2021. Yeah, you got a point there. Yeah. Already yeah. for next year. But I fail to see how how many they've got? 150,000? 250,000. It is yeah. suggested yeah. that there is. It is suggested. Yeah. <laughs> right. okay. yeah, but anyone can stick $100 in. Well, I'll uh, go, take the $100 I'll go one bolder. And so I don't think Tesla will be solvent by the end of next year. Ooh. No, I don't. Yeah. Are, they, are they technically solvent now? Uh, yes. <laughs> I think they will be in such a position that they'll have to be bought out by somebody else. Okay. PSE. PSE. FCA. Electrification. Well, that's where they get lots of their money from. So the credits to FCA. Because FCA had. Nothing. Ah, but yeah. one of the things PSA I think have said straight away is we cancelled that. Yeah, I can imagine yeah, that. Well, so, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, Somebody will buy them. So was that your prediction, Ian? That's my prediction for. Okay. For the end of next year. Awesome, Phil. I well, I was going to go with the Tesla thing, which has kind of taken the Woo! the win yeah. from my sales there, unfortunately. So we, we should possibly have compared notes over dinner. Yeah, I mean, that, we didn't have any time for that. We're too busy yeah. having a laugh. Yeah, but it takes all the fun out. <laughs> so Simon. Come back to me. Um, Shall I change mine so you could... If you could. That would be great. Do you, want, do you want to have mine? Yeah. Okay. Well, my, my prediction is... Okay. That the Volkswagen Golf, they don't do an electric version of the Golf. Instead, they're betting all their money on ID3. And I think there are going to be a few people that are unhappy with the styling of ID3 and perhaps it being a bit too advanced. Okay. So I think they've shot themselves in the foot are not doing an electric golf alongside. And I think ID3 won't be as successful as I think it will be. Are they definitely That's not doing really interesting electric one. golf? They're yes. definitely not doing electric golf. I have yes. PRs on record saying that. That doesn't mean... <laughs> How dare you? We have to, we have to believe, we have to believe what we're told by PRs. Yeah. Especially as I'm sitting between two of them. <laughs> exactly. And you only have to look at Nissan Leaf, the sales figures... For this year, yep. how they've nosediving as to last year, yeah. um, people don't really want something that's really different from the mainstream. No. They want something, they want electrification to fit into their lives. Seamlessly. Yes. So if they've got a golf petrol, golf diesel, golf electric, golf plug-in hybrid, that all looks lovely, it's all great. Yeah. And it's going to look good. Like Pondery, it looks absolutely stunning. It looks like a Mark One. I'm not even paying him for this. This is brilliant. No, yeah, it, it looks like a Mark One Golf GTI. But, oh, yeah, but do you know but what? When it, yeah, when it originally different. came out, when that that prototype came out of Frankfurt, I looked and it went, 
Oh my god, that looks like an early golf ball. I can't say that. I can't say that. So, yeah, it's totally retro styling from the early Civics. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it looked like an early golf. But now, yeah, you're right. It's one of those things. I think for the designers of that car, and that's going to come on to my prediction in a minute, that um, they wanted something that was seamless from and integrates directly into in, into your life. You know, you have a look at the inside of that car, and it is. It looks like a living room. We're actually going to sell cushions as an accessory for the back seat. Awesome. Which I think is fluffy Sorry, pink I ones. think that's brilliant. I don't know whether that's public yet. Can I say that? Oh, we'll too find late. out. It's, it's, too late. Late. Yeah. Yeah. it's too late. Well, never mind. Uh, awkward. <laughs> uh, so, yes, on to my prediction. I reckon electrification sales will uh, quadruple next year. Quadruple? Ooh, yeah. Electrification. Oh, 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 I learned after the first year that you don't put a number on it. Electrified. That's not no, yeah, it's going to All right, okay, I'll go one step further then. Pure electric vehicles will triple. Sales will triple. Will triple? Yeah. You think how many cars are coming in next year that are pure electric? Yeah, but that doesn't mean people will buy them. Let's not let the facts get in the way of a good story. Or even if people do want to buy them, that doesn't mean they'll be available. Or, they'll so they'll, or can they afford them? Them? Or they'll be able to charge them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did not say that. As we launch an electric car, you can charge this car everywhere. Yeah. Well, home <laughs> charges. Exactly. Home charges. What if you live in a flat? Yeah. You need a very long extension, which, extension which is yeah. where electric yeah, cars exactly. are supposed to come into their own, really, in urban settings. Yeah. You can't live so, upstairs, though. No. Exactly. She's just trying to cable across the pavement, up the stairs, and trip everyone up. But they're bringing in charging from lampposts as well. There, there are trying to work around the obvious issues. Yeah, but you've got you've got a block of apartments. You're not, not and if you've got everybody in your car, you're not going to. He doesn't have a driveway. There's nowhere that you're going to be able to plug in and charge. No, I know. It's it's not easy for everybody. That's that's the thing, part of my uh, moan about the oversimplification of problems as well is EV is not suitable for a lot of people, whereas, yeah. the, I mean, you, you guys know this, the hybrid is best for a lot of people to, to achieve things, whereas a diesel is best for some people and a petrol is best for, pure petrol is best for others. But it's it's all been made out of, there is, there is a choice of just petrol, diesel or electric cars only. And it's, it's not as simple as that. It, no. And that... I think it goes mm. back to what you were saying as well, Scott, about giving the consumer a simple chart to show these are the things this is best at. Mm. You yeah. need to. You then need to look at your life. Does that work for you or not? Someone needs to do a BuzzFeed quiz, don't they? That's what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> Simple as that. Just that's do a BuzzFeed quiz. Can you score this is what they look like now. Yes, who was it? Yeah. <laughs> what sort of badger are you? Are you an electric badger, <laughs> diesel badger? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I came from. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's late, okay? It's well, it's about the most BuzzFeed quizzes. Can I throw in a question? Why is it all the electric cars look old? With the possible exception of the aforementioned truck. Some strange thing is that we're to make new technology, we wrap it in uh, uh, retro style. This is, this is the near car. It's the, yeah, it's the, it's the familiarisation. It's, it's taking people forward and making them feel comfortable. But I find with the, you know, if you look back 100 years, there's sort of people in the 20s and the 30s, when they looked at the future, they didn't imagine something. They, were, they, they made things look futuristic. Yeah. We seem, we seem to be frightened of the future. Yeah, I think 
And you let you call this point. Change is hard. Yeah. Change agent, I... according to my CV. Change is hard. <laughs> no. I refuse to write it anywhere near it. <laughs> I'm going to cut agent change. You want to be known as agent change? You must be of an agent. You're like this electric car, Scott. The Lexus. That's not retro, is it? No, it's not very modern. And again, it goes back to me saying that people want cars that look um, and feel normal. Because when they buy a hybrid or electrics, me. But I mean, generalizations as ever, but I think when you look at the concept cars, a lot of the time it's about wrapping new technology in something which looks old somehow or other. But I think what comes to market ultimately isn't like that. I mean, Kia's car. Hyundai's, the, all the Teslas, even the Nissan Leaf, none of those are. Well, te- the Teslas are. Look as though well somebody found a folder out of Jaguar from 20 years ago, didn't they? I mean, I thought, <laughs> That's because they've been around for such a long time in the same form. It's fat porpoise sailing. Yeah, well, I mean, the Tesla S is, what, eight years old, nine years old now? Yeah, so, I mean, nine years old, nine years ago, it looked reasonably fresh. Yes. It looked like it's... an X type to me, but anyway. Equally, the. When you make something look challenging, shall we call it that? Um, people don't this Mirai, for example. So there's a, there's a profile where people who are early adopters want to look different, and then you get mainstream, and you're right, people just want the vehicle, yeah. and they yeah. don't really care about showing off what it does. But I just think as an industry, we're really everything's bloody retro at the minute. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I actually admire the Tesla Cybertruck. Oh, no. Oh, oh, we've done oh so sorry, have I said so that out loud? Oh, we've done no. so well. But well, it's definitely not oh. retro. It's not retro. It's, well, it's, I've seen some B movies that it was in from 1942. Well, yeah. we're, we're missing one bit where it's going to save an awful lot of energy in video games because you only need graphics chips to render yes, it. I think I tweeted that earlier. Did you? I've not seen that. I retweeted it from someone else. Yes, yeah, it's great. It was really saving the world because it used so much less energy to render it on BBCBs than it does doing some nerve surfaces that you have to do for, for, for most cars yeah. That's, yeah. How it, that's how it's eco-friendly but it's, it is moving design forward whether it's good or bad it's so different you could be different wrong, you could be different yeah. different doesn't necessarily mean right I accept that yeah but at the design degree Different does not necessarily mean consumer. Better, yeah. It's, I'm infinitely much better because I. You know, you can prove it's wrong. I can prove it. Yeah, I can prove it's correct. Basically, created that. It's creating that. We're talking that about divisive. Yeah, exactly. Mm, we're yeah. Ta- the fact that we're talking about it, it's done its job. Whether they put it into production or not, it doesn't matter. It still put Tesla on. Yeah. I mean, but, you've literally just Tesla called, stock went down by eight percent. You've literally just announced. called a quarter of a million people wrong. Yeah. Yes. Alleged. <laughs> Alleged. Yes. yes. <laughs> Suggested. And you know what? I don't regret it at all. I was going to say, compared to the Brexit dialogue, it's a small fraction. Wow. Well, yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Need Scott's is... prediction. Uh, yes, Scott. Oh, I'm one of um, My prediction overall is that things won't be as bad as everybody fears they will be. I'm eternal optimist about that. So I think. Brexit, trade deals, car industry, life in general, will actually end up being a bit better than it was before because we kind of always managed to do that. I will take that positivity. That is, that is <laughs> I will hug it and I will cherish it. Alan? 
Oh, am I? Oh, are you, you keeping for the end? Right. So I reckon JLR as a group, by this time next year, will be in a strong partnership with another manufacturer. That's very vague. Define strong, define partnership, oh, yes. and define <laughs> which, which manufacturer, yes. Oh, which manufacturer? Oh, you're terrible. You're um, PSA? I can guess, <laughs> They're buying up everything. Might as well be PSA. No, I was thinking... I was actually thinking BMW. Yeah, I was going to say that. It was in my mind. Haven't they already sort of been there? Well, yeah. that's well, one of the things, too, but, yeah. then, but then they didn't... I reckon they really, do more. Really, but I think they would do it again, so to speak. And but strong they, partnership, definitely technology sharing. I don't know about... They're already doing that, aren't they? A little bit, but not much. It's, I didn't de- I didn't define that in my head as a strong partnership. Electric vehicle partnership there. Working together on engines. Really strong, but everybody works together on yeah. stuff. I mean, that's like saying that Toyota and PSA are together because there's a couple of models which are. The costs are absolutely phenomenal for this new technology, whether yes. it's yeah, connected yeah, yeah. cars, and yeah. Yeah. electrification, and everything. So everybody's got to share and uh, share the costs and the burden and the and the investigation, the R and D. My justification for that is that BMW are not particularly big, really, and. Definitely aren't big, so that's why they need to share. Nor are they in the PSA. Well, exactly. Which does narrow it down quite a lot. Yeah. Them or Mercedes, really. Well, Mercedes have just announced they're shelling 10,000 jobs today. I know, so. But yeah, German labour unions and stuff will be having an interesting time of it. Andrew, you're a little ray of sunshine to finish us all off. Okay, well. One silly one I thought about was that Gome will be found innocent and then go on a huge legal rampage and consume Japan, Nissan, Renault, and possibly Mitsubishi by mistake. <laughs> but that was like, like that was very silly. Yes. Innocent of what? Of the charges that he is incarcerated for at the moment. You that was weaselly as well. I got called out for being weaselly, and that was weaselly. Well, he's going to go. They're going to court. He's going to be found innocent or not found guilty, and then he's going to go to town on particularly Nissan. If he can prove, because the way for him to get off is for him to prove, or his legal team to prove, that there was a conspiracy between the Japanese government and Nissan that threw him under the bus. That's that's, that's what his, his defence is all about. But my more realistic one, one is that... Alan decides that slightly obscure yet interesting cars are not for him anymore and he's going to get a family hatchback as his next car. Why did he have a family hatchback? <laughs> what family hatchback? Toyota Yaris. Ah! <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> you, mean you mean something dull? Yes. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. I can, I can promise you that will not happen. Absolutely not happen. So you don't want that Corolla then? <laughs> Depends what, depends what depends what badges on the Corolla really. What badges on the back of the Corolla? Yeah. Hang on, can I just raise one more thing? Oh, go on then. Smart motorways. Oh no! Oh, no, no, God. no! No! Nothing what, smart in, about in, a smart motorway. No, we're not motorway. talking about them. Or no, don't agree with them. No, in photos. I think we should get rid of the rules on motorways full stop because nobody seems to follow them. Nobody seems to stay left. Yeah. So let's go to the American stand and we can overtake on any lane that you want. Yeah. 
and traffic will move much, much faster. Yeah. Ban lorries from anything but lane one and two. Yes. Yep. Sorry from lane three that they're allowed to go in at the yeah. moment. Are they already banned? No. Right. Okay. no. No. Lane three. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on an HGV license approval. Yeah. So on a smart motorway where there's four lanes, they can use one, two, and three, and like elephant racing, where they're just going <laughs> uh, just, just a little bit faster. And basically, cars are confined to lane one because that's the only lane they can actually make progress. And so on yeah. the A14. Lane one only for trucks. Yeah. That'll be mended soon. Certainly really? the Cambridge section. Well, only your section. I know. I've still got to suffer the rest it's, of it. I, I mean, I don't sort of, again, be being controversial, but smart. Do you think we'll just get used to it? Is the, prob- is the problem that we, we, don't, we don't get... How do you get used to a car having broken down and stopped in what is the... Essentially a lane. The lane, a lane of the motorway. With somebody having to having to get out, having nowhere to go. I would, I would also question as well that that isn't good. That is definitely not good. Not. But what you were saying earlier about people being the driving standards and how people are, are looking ahead, self-absorbed, and all the rest of it. Yeah. For you to drive down a lane that has a five-foot red cross over the top of it yes. and not understand what that means. My yeah, kids, but, yeah, but it doesn't. My when kids it doesn't understand have, what that means. Yeah, but when it doesn't mm. have that cross on it, when it's, it's not... It's, no, no, I, I, yeah, I, understand, I understand when, the, 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 when there's it, a it time is, delay. Yeah, it's I like, do not agree with... It's now with, a phone number that you can phone in and say, I have seen a lane. And they go, oh, oh so I've seen something in that lane. You just touch it off and they go, oh, okay, thanks very much. We'll, we'll make that adjustment. Like, no, that's not how it's supposed to work. No, I, I totally agree that having the having a lane where there is nowhere else to escape from, that, that is a design flaw. That, yeah. is, that is a purely design. But the drivers on it, a lot of them are appalling <laughs> on how they drive on it. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I had to go through... Cars, but that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I have no idea you're a supporter. <laughs> But the, the, the actually serious point on that is it's not that long to, because connected cars, most of the cars, well, the cars are now. So actually, I think the, the two pieces of technology, the road and the car, will slightly catch up. So the car will be able to tell the motorway. Yes, they will. Yes. I mean, we'll get two million cars a year going onto the road. That leaves the other 30 million that aren't connected. Mm. Yes. It's going to be but, uh, 15, no, no. 20 years. If you, if you don't have a connected car, you're banned. Yeah. That's what uh, that means. Because well, that's, that's what. I'm not that's what part of the—that's what part of that whole thing that was announced. Uh, the, I think you were saying it before about that it's going to come on the dashboard. They're going to remove the pilot is to try and remove road signs so that the road sign is beamed into your car. I can't see anything wrong. Go wrong there. And you said, well, that, that's <laughs> making a system where only those, only certain cars can go on that road. Then yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, you have to wash through the system and retrofitting something even to the Corvette, it's probably not beyond, because you're just talking about a module in the car, aren't you? So these basic... Well, that's yeah, but that'll be Imperial, not metric. So, <laughs> 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 so I, 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 I think smart motorways are not that, but, but I, 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 uh, yeah, I, I realise that's annoyed. I agree I, with you. I think there's a, there are some very rough areas of them, but I think we as the drivers need to take some responsibility. And I think there's some, some areas of smart motorways I think the drivers don't actually realise is happening. We see these 50 limits come in for no reason, and I know that sometimes that's because there's traffic 20 miles down the road, 
and they're holding back mm. and the uh, flow, that sort of stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, mm. which is when it works, it works actually really well. But it's just those occasions, which are probably actually relatively few and far between, where it doesn't work that we really notice and remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree completely. But we need smart, alongside smart motorways, we need smart drivers. We haven't got very many of those. Yeah, oh, we need autonomous cars. And that, I think, (laughs) (laughs) on which, surprising note, it says sounding depressingly Clarkson-like at that, I think that we're going to continue this debate in the the hotel bar across the road, (laughs) because it is now tomorrow, and it's time to wrap up. So before we do that, all that's left is for for us to, to say thanks to everyone, to Erica and to Scott, to Ian, to Simon, and most of all to the person who has actually done all the organisation for this, because Andrew and I are mostly useless when it comes what to the organising thing. <laughs> to, not, not, not me this time. Amazingly, not me amazingly this time. it wasn't Erica. Um, but no, to Phil. So thank you, Phil, so much for helping organise. Thanks, Phil. I think yeah, helping organising it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure, but I couldn't have done it without the guys from Toyota and Honda supporting us. Yes, Woo! absolutely. So thank you for and the fact that you did joining uh, instructions for us. Yes, I mean, I mean, they did come a bit too. Late I did have to chase. They were just no. fractionally. Yeah, I did have four to days chase. In for them. I mean, yeah. That's you know, we need to talk about yeah. that. Everyone, thanks so much for giving up your your Friday night to to join us. And my day off for this. And oh, 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 oh no, and my day off. You don't have a day off. No, no you're right. Just, I don't. Basically, making you feel guilty now. But no, thanks, thanks once again everyone for for all your help and all your input and thank you alan and andrew actually for doing the motion podcast in the first place and doing 200 and how many editions 91 91, 91 as we record, as we record this will be more this one will be later so this yes. one will be getting 295 or something ish yes <laughs> special <Any>. number <laughs> winter edition 400 <laughs> We've worked out that if we guess the number before, we're always wrong. So we learned that one pretty early on, didn't we? Yeah. There seems to be a theme there. Diane Abbott's back again. Sign off before it comes more bit, becomes more bitches. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget that everyone look between now and next time you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts for the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget to leave a review and rate on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. It really does matter. If you don't know how to get in touch with any of these folks, you want to hear more from don't them, get, then we'll have, all their, we'll have all their relevant contact details no. in the show notes no. of Motoring Podcast. No. <laughs> no. No. I'm not going really no. to doing it because it might add another half hour to the Phone recording. Phone address. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... Andrew, if people want to get in touch with you and tell you how wrong you are about smart motorways and how right you are about autonomous vehicles, what's the best way? Probably the best way to do that is via Twitter, where I will laugh, get angry, cry, and then I might reply to you. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people want to get in touch with you and tell you how you're going to be wrong on all your predictions, what's the best way for them to do that? Mercifully, there's only one. But uh, the best way is Twitter, as ever, where I'm at AJP Bradley. That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. We'll be back before very long. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And all of these guys have been these guys. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. 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 And safe motoring. Ah.